Has anyone ever told you that you look like Spock? I don't think so. I think okay. ma- maybe at some point someone told me I looked like, um, what's his name? The new Spock, Siler. Oh, sure, uh, sure. Which I, uh, which well, I guess is kind of the same thing, because he actually does, I feel, more than any of the actors in the new, like the Star Trek reboot actually looks a fair bit like young Leonard Nimoy. The hair and the eyebrows and such will do a lot, go a long way, too. Yeah, I guess that's true. That, that is an interesting he's... thing. Like, I feel like, and this is more of a for the episode than I, but whenever there's an episode where Spock, like, gets emotions and, like, smiles, he looks way, like, different and just way younger, I feel, than he does the rest of the time. Yeah. he's not, That's not even the new Spock anymore. The new Spock is the guy from... Oh, is the guy in Discovery. Discovery, but... Uh, uh, so I, I told... I think... I don't remember if we talked about this in the show or not, but you, you had told me that... I think we did talk about this, that uh, O'Brien looks like a hobbit, and... <laughs> And he and and that even his uh, his name Colmini. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That his name Colmini uh, sounds like a hobbit name. <laughs> and I told that to Kim, and she d- did not agree with me. But then we were watching the ep- this episode today, and she was like, "He looks like Brady." She was like, she was looking at Spock. I think this is the f- <laughs> this is the first time that she's watched uh, one of the original series episodes with me. So we've been doing this. And we we probably haven't watched those together for like 10 years, probably, well, not quite 10 years, but close to 10 years. Um, so I was like, you know, I haven't seen Brady in person for a long time, but uh, <laughs> that, I, I can see it. I can see where, where it's going, you know. You, you, you've you never had a bowl cut that I know of uh, in my in my time knowing you, but. Yeah, not uh, really. Or like, <laughs> I, I t- or weird, like, sideburns that angle the wrong direction, which is right. kind of everyone on the ship has. Yeah. You've had a mullet, though, so. I have you know, had like, a mullet. That's true. Everyone. <laughs> uh, uh, I, this is this is this maybe this conversation. Uh, now, is I, now I'm ready. To I should, I kind of, I kind of want to like find a picture, like a, a a nice picture of you and post it like next <laughs> to a picture of Spock for the episode thing, so people can judge for themselves. But hi everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are talking about uh, an episode from the first season of uh, the original series, uh, episode 25. It's called This Side of Paradise. Uh, it's written by, well, the, it's, the, the story is by Nathan Butler and uh, frequent Star Trek scribe DC Fontana, and she did the teleplay by herself. And it's directed by Ralph Senensky, um, the... the Memory Alpha summary is very short. It's just the Enterprise crew finds happiness at a colony where alien spores provide total contentment. Uh, have you seen this one before? I know you're not a. Uh, yeah, ever- yeah, I had. Okay. I didn't remember. Like I, I can tell you that I've seen it before, but like as I was watching it, I didn't remember like how the story beats played out. I remembered which one it was when the you you first time you see one of those weird flowers, like when you see the uh, flower, okay. yeah, and it, it like it, like there's a cut. And then you see that the flower has changed directions, and it's it was po- it's pointing at Sulu now. Did you notice that? Like the the first time you see one of those flowers, it's just kind of like off to the side in a shot where Sulu is like sitting on a on like a fence or something. Oh no, I didn't catch that. Yeah, and then like he's talking to another to like a another crew member. I guess we, we you know they they weren't red shirts because I think they were wearing uh, yellow, but also because nobody dies. Yeah, in this I don't episode. think anybody actually died. No. Uh, but he was talking to just like another crewman and then you, you it cuts to the crewman and the crewman is saying something and then it cuts back to Sulu and 
he kind of gets up and walks away, but the f- flower has changed the direction that it's pointing, and I was like, oh, oh yes. that's a nice touch. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah. I mostly remembered the mint juleps for some reason. That was something <laughs> I like, had some association with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is, uh, I, I don't know, this is not like this is really a classic original series episode, is it? I, I, I mean, I think I've... I've yeah, I don't think it's one that's like considered one of the like landmark shows or something. But I mean, I didn't I didn't think it was bad or anything. I no, it was actually I, just, I feel pretty good. Um, yeah, Kim was kind of bored by it, but I I enjoyed it. I think I just yeah. enjoy hanging out in this place, though. You know, in 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 the world of the original series. And the, and the last time we were here, there was some pretty sexist <laughs> stuff. And yeah, I, I feel like there was something in this one too, yeah. where I think there was just kind of like an offhanded comment about women or something, but it wasn't, it wasn't like the, yeah. the thesis of <laughs> the, episode the episode that women were bad. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, why don't you take us in? Let's talk about, uh, talk about the episode. Yeah. So the episode starts out with the enterprise has gone to essentially investigate what happened to a colony that had been established a few years ago on uh, this planet that, uh, they know is being sort of exposed to some degree, some sort of cosmic radiation that they're called. They call them Berthold rays. Or Berthold rays. That is this radiation that over time is known to be deadly to humans. Um, they say that you know a human could live there for probably about a week, but any longer than that, they would definitely die. And so they're going in with the expectation that this colony is going to be like everyone's going to be dead, and they're just kind of there to see what's left. I think everybody is going to be disintegrated, right? I think is the is the is the idea that that like they weren't even expecting to find any remains. Yeah, yeah, that is. Uh, I think as they're sort of descri- explaining at the beginning, mm-hmm. and and they arrive, and everyone on the colony is is there and kind of greets them and it's like oh yeah it's great here we're very happy we're you know all perfectly alive and actually as they investigate more dr mccoy finds out that they're all in like almost suspiciously perfect health they actually are healthier now than they were when they got there yeah um they they use the example of a guy that like had some scar tissue on his lung and had had his appendix removed and his lungs are completely normal and like now he has a an appendix again um can i can i do a, an impromptu brady's medical corner sure yep what's the current uh thought on the appendix do we still not have any clue there it's it is yeah pretty much it's like doesn't it doesn't do anything other than sort of like sit there and get infected so we just are, are we just kind of thinking it's just like a residual evolutionary thing or I, or yeah that's that's kind of my understanding is it it has some it has a lot of the like tissue that makes a certain type of immune cell um so like has apparent it's thought to have like some role in the immune system but we have like so much of that of that lymphoid tissue everywhere else that like re- it doesn't actually play that role to any degree of making a difference, whether it's there or not. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's what, like, at least initially, it was sort of like allowed the body, the immune system to be like exposed to things that you're digesting, um, mm. but but doesn't actually function to that purpose anymore. I'm just curious because if maybe it's just as a thing, uh, well, because because like why would it grow back in this circumstance unless there was some purpose for it. Like, unless, unless like everybody else was like, oh yeah, I'm all my tonsils and right. adenoids and stuff are back too. Like, it, you know, the, the, uh, cause, because doesn't McCoy I even think say tonsils that his, come back. Yeah. Wait, they do. I thought he said that he, I thought that he said he checked himself with the, with the thing and his tonsils were still not there. Like, cause he was checking. Well, they, to make sure that they, they weren't initially, but then after he inhales the spores, 
there's a bit where like when he's talking to Kirk over the transmitter, he makes some comment that like, and now my tonsils are back. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, like after, after he gets hit with the spores, his tonsils do grow back. Yeah. So it's kind of like anything that was there here. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> we can we, we can cut this up. Like I wonder if like or like their fingernails got longer. Like. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was I was gonna bring up again, and most likely we should cut this. But th- I, for some re- one time, I was in a um, I was in like some random. I think it was a Christian bookstore, which goes to show the degree of like screening they do. But it was I found this like parody book of Left Behind. Um, <laughs> that was like some guy had like written. Uh, it was called Right Behind. Um, but it was, it was uh, just cl- like a very clever uh, yeah name. But it was it was this like you know absurd comedy parody. Um, but the only thing I remember about it is that when people got like raptured, they like you know because in in like the original left behind, like they leave all their clothes behind. Yeah. And so they left all their clothes behind and their appendixes because it's unnecessary and they wouldn't need it in heaven. So, <laughs> just, so like they're going around and finding all these like piles of clothes with just this like little squishy appendix sitting in the middle of it that's funny anyways i wonder if um there would like would would this have would this have like repaired like vasectomies and stuff like that too like with you know oh, yeah. just, <laughs> there's like a bunch of like unplanned pregnancies like <laughs> after they leave uh um anyway anyway things things that uh the show doesn't get into because of the time period <laughs> so yeah uh the um yeah so that everything is everything is back now idyllic peaceful happy healthy life like they grow some plants that they eat and that seems to be kind of all they do um like they're like mildly agrarian in that they have like gardens that they say grow like just enough food for them to need to eat and they don't really do anything else they just lounge around in this you know set from a like 1950s farming community show yeah it's fairly like a little little house in the prairie yeah, I think I from my rec- my vague recollections of that show. Yeah. So and then well, I mean, like they they it seems like they don't really see like we don't really see like, a lot of recreation, but it seems like their recreation is kind of just like hanging, you know, like they're yeah. just like frol- frolicking, frolicking and, and it's, such. It's, it's, there's yeah. a lot of frolicking, yeah. Um, and as as they're uh, so the the Enterprise crew is in sort of doing a lot of investigating things and getting readings and really trying to figure out like how this can be and the other person that they meet down there the main people are there's the the leader of the colony whose name is sandoval and then they meet Layla colomi who is a botanist in this colony that uh spock knew before uh, when she was still on earth and they talk about uh they kind of explain that sh- they had had this close friendship and like she was in love with him but he had never really expressed any feelings towards her now the, so she so he he did know her on earth right that's what they did you say that explicitly I th- yeah i i think that's what they say yeah because there's another point where she says i've never been on a spaceship before and i was i said i was like wait now i'm pretty sure you have been on <laughs> a spaceship before that's how you that's how you got here i don't think that they've been I, I don't think that you guys have been here for this long that like there has been like a generation like a generation uh, yeah no i think she was one of they say that like she, she was one of the original colonists because he um yeah because they had known each other yeah Anyway, that's just a weird little. That is weird. She said she never. I don't know. She's. I've never seen a starship before. That's what she says, and I, huh. and I was like, that doesn't. That makes zero sense. Yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> but anyway, 
Maybe maybe there's some something left behind from another draft. Maybe. Yeah. Also, she's notably the first time we see her, and I think pretty much every other time we see her, she's like hit with this like, and I don't know photography enough well to really say what it is but there's some sort of like soft light filter or like backlit um like in a very i guess sort of that era of film type of way like she's always lit way softer than everything else and kind of like glowing and like the edges are blurred like there's a very clear difference between the lighting whenever you see her as as the rest of the show yeah, it's very soft focus. It's it's I I I don't know. They pro- I'm sure they had tools to do this by then, but like it was very much like the Vaseline on the lens thing, right? But like it, it like very noticeable, like so, like to the extent it was so much where it almost seemed like a joke, except for it was not a joke. It was just it was just Gene Roddenberry really uh, liked his his women, you know, a certain way. Right. So she she uh, I don't want to say anything negative about her, the actor, but like they don't. She doesn't really. She's not given anything to do. She's kind of has to like say everything in this kind of like dreamy monotone yeah it is very and again i think kind of that that era of filmmaking that like she just has to look pretty and yeah and so as they're they're exploring i think spock is the first one that kind of how this is revealed right that uh she's taking spock and she shows him this flower that grows on this planet that then shoots him in the face with spores which is never is not funny when it happens because like the 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 flowers are like you know they're they're fun to look at like from a 1960s perspective but the ones that shoot stuff are very clearly you know made of metal Uh, like the like the 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 stem of the flower is very very clearly made of metal and they have like a nozzle that like shoots out like basically like if you were you know like if if you were announcing that your candidate had been confirmed to be the next presidential candidate <laughs> you, you know like and then like a bunch of confetti comes out that is like these are these yeah. spores uh and then and then the ones when they when they're not shooting out they're like this very obviously that kind of like rubber slash felt thing. yeah they look like um, felt this kind of yeah um but uh um, but yeah it's very it's like a very like fun uh, effect though it was it's it's yeah. that's probably my favorite parts of the episode is every time one of those, someone gets shot in the face because <laughs> they make this crazy sound too like they make a sound like like a, like a co2 canister is powering them they're just like you know yeah. <laughs> there's just confetti everywhere but um, yeah. um and th- which is also like again is like gets all over the people that it hits which really confused me the first time because or not the first time but there's a later point where uh like kirk and sulu and a couple of other crew members all get shot with this as well but kirk isn't affected by it and i don't know that they ever really explain why kirk isn't affected by the spores they don't they don't even explain it for like the first time i thought that that it had missed him yeah because... well so did i because because it doesn't like he's a, a little bit like one step behind the rest of them and he doesn't get any of like the stuff on his face like the rest of them do um so that was kind of my thought is just like oh did it just happen not to hit him but then later he is back on the ship and he says that the spores are being like piped through the ship's ventilation system and that's how it's affecting everybody but it still isn't affecting me and i don't know why but then later on he does get sprayed by it again and the, it does seem to work on him but just not as well as yeah the, as the as it does on other people so he's just special you know that's yeah, that's that's just, like the, yep. the alternate message of the show is that kirk is special kirk is kirk is the best but anyways but the, so essentially what these spores do is that they make you know whoever they affect they make them they make them healthy and they make them resistant to these deadly Berthold rays, but they also make them just perfectly like 
content and complacent. And um, uh, a, I guess, parallel effect to that is that they give Spock emotions. And so he's able to tell uh, this lady that, that he loves her. Uh, and, Layla, right? Yeah. <laughs> Layla, yeah. Tell her that he loves her and he smiles and frolics. He climbs trees now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> frolics with the rest of them. Um, and and they sort of the rest of the crew also gets affected by this, like Sulu does. And, and everyone wants to just stay on this planet and frolic and be content. And, and so it gets to a point where Kirk is the only one left on the Enterprise. And he's, you know, he's still committed to his duty and his sense of adventure and then he ends up uh similarly becoming sprayed with one of these flowers with the spores and 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 again and then i don't know if he's like faking this or if he is kind of under the influence of it for a while that he he decides you know he, he acts the same way he smiles and he's like okay i'm gonna come down to the planet and live with all the rest of you and he was the last one that that wasn't and then he becomes very angry and shakes shakes it off and he realizes that the only way to like counteract these spores is to have a strong negative emotion like anger or sadness or that and so he beams spock up onto the enterprise and then starts insulting him and attacking him and gets spock to get angry enough at him that he start they start to fight and then that's kind of what shakes spock out of this and wakes him up and then they they beam a signal some like high-pitched frequency or something onto the planet that makes everybody all irritated and agitated and so they all just sort of break out into bar fights wherever they happen to be and they free everyone from the influence of the spores yeah the <laughs> that, that part was really funny just so everyone starts getting in these fights of their their the the two solutions that basically he comes up with is because he he gets Spock mad by being just racist he's yes. just, he just says a bunch of really racist stuff about about yeah. Spock he you know calls him a half breed and and uh, he you know he he's keeps calling a, a computer and and that he's not he doesn't have any you know just kind of like saying that he's not like a really a real person and yeah and then yeah and then they just beam down and then the other thing is that they just beam down like an annoyance ray or something like like i, I didn't really like catch like what it actually was yeah ray, i think just, they like, said it was like a like a sonic frequency like basically like a really high-pitched sound that just like gets in people's heads and makes them like really irritable so then whenever they encounter another person they're just like well screw you too and get in a fight yeah so like sulu like gets into a, a fight with somebody who because he this guy steps on his foot on accident and then sandoval gets into a fight with <laughs> with so we have to talk about bones at all in this episode bones uh bones his his he after he after he kind of um gets under the influence of the spores he just reverts to being extremely southern like like you, yes. you kind of get the the impression that maybe he's actually been like kind of trying to like tone down his accent and stuff yeah it's really like switching for yeah because he, he just is everything is just like well shucks captain you know blah blah blah, blah you know yeah. which I, I believe like before this show he was on he was on a lot of like westerns like DeForest Kelly was on a lot of westerns like like Bonanza and Gunsmoke and stuff like that so probably a little bit of a reversion for him yeah. I would imagine and yeah he he gets obsessed with the idea of making a mint julep and so he he yeah. has this huge this like 
comically huge mint julep that he is drinking and and uh sandoval comes up and says we need to figure out some work for you to do and he's like I, i'm a doctor and he's like well we don't need doctors here and so he gets very mad about that and they get into a fist fight and and that's that's how they they come out of it but yeah he's I, I do remember little, like, in that scene being like because that's when he comes out of it and then he just sets down his mint julep and like leaves it and i was like well, i mean you could still you could still have the mint julep right like even if you're yeah <laughs> no but what, what really kind of happen. alcohol is in a mint julep though because i wonder where he got the alcohol for that that is a good point because they don't really have alcohol anymore right uh isn't that well, like a yeah. star trek thing is well they have like romulan and whiskey that 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 uh you know or like romulan ale and stuff the 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 the, the contraband stuff yeah um they don't really talk about synth hall in the original series i don't think i think that's more of is a, that a later um, thing of a TNG thing. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I guess in the original series, there's also, like, at some point, Scott... Maybe... Because Scotty ta- has, like, a secret stash of, of scotch somewhere on the ship that I think yeah. he'll bust out. Bourbon is what you use... Uh, what you make him a julep with bourbon. Yeah, okay. So he had, he had some synth bourbon. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, and then... So this is this is the thing is the more that I'm talking about this the more I and I think I thought about this when I was watching it too I had to watch this one a little earlier than I usually do because of scheduling stuff um, a little earlier before we actually do the record but I don't think this episode's actually that good or has like even like a very coherent point to make because we'll, we'll, we'll get of, to that. I feel like I I agree with you that at the time like when I was I was kind of like invested in like okay all right i I see the story here and then if you like think or talk about it afterwards you're just like that it doesn't that doesn't actually make sense like there's a lot of problems with well even not even that like it doesn't make sense but like just like what is the message of this the message of this is that kirk is very mad because all these people are having a good time and he (laughs) he's basically like no humanity is not supposed to have a good time like humanity is supposed to always be struggling you know like always be closing basically uh (laughs) and wouldn't it be you know it's it it wasn't meant to be too easy and 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 basically the idea of you know that it's it's good that we left the garden of eden you know the the metaphorical garden of eden Mm -hmm. because because like man was meant to be striving like basically striving yeah which I, I i think yeah and i think that's the point they're trying to make and that like you should all you should be like have some sense of of like purpose or drive or like something that you're trying to do and that but you know if okay. they're all just sitting around and frolicking that's kind of a waste of their life okay but why like like this is this is a very i actually saw someone before I watched this episode, like like last week or, or something, I was on Twitter and I saw someone talking about, not this episode in particular, I don't think, but talking about how in the original series, there's some, you know, Roddenberry kind of has these, maybe unintentionally so, but like these very kind of capitalist uh, sentiments that he has Kirk say sometimes. And, you know, now I, I think that it's, it's always, it's good to be, not that I'm certainly not like uh, ripping on prescription medication or anything like that. You know, I think that's, that's very important for, for people you know who who need that stuff but i think that you know i think we've been in agreement that generally speaking like you want to feel like you're under the influence of your own person right like you know you want to you want to you want to be like feel like you're autonomous in as much as you can but the idea of well it's bad to be happy because we need to be getting stuff done i think that's that's kind of that is kind of like a crazy like capitalist like keep keep working because you know like like leisure time is lazy time you you know that Mm -hmm. that is that is like kind of like a lie that has been constructed to to get you to continue to like give more and more your life away to 
work. Not that there's anything wrong with work or hard work, but, you know, basically, because because that's the thing is that, you know, Sandoval gets out of his little trance and he says immediately, no, you know, we've wasted five years or whatever he says, like no accomplishments. Or yeah, progress. we haven't done anything. And but but like they're all happy. They're all getting along. They're all working. They're all on a farm. Like they're they're doing. Yeah, that's uh, true. They're like growing food for themselves. And... Yeah, they're not doing anything wrong. Like I, I you know, and, and again, you know, I, I get it that you know there's the there's the aspect of the spores that like is the complicating factor. But honest, but like the spores are metaphorical anyway. Like the spores right. are there to get this conversation going. And I think actually that like if you are satisfied in your life and you're not quote unquote accomplishing what like you're like you're not like learning more about science or whatever like that some people feel like they want to do that and some people feel like they want to farm and get along and, and stuff and i think that's that's the thing is that like in a way that if the reason you're working is to have like the resources to be able to be happy if you have the opportunity to just be happy if you like is that enough well yeah i mean i, th- I think it is I-, I think that you know for i think for some people it does anyway i think that if you are just if you're working if you're if you're happy and you're working and you have and you and you work enough to 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 do the, have the things you need and want and you know then you kind of have the rest of the time is is leisure time you know whatever that means for you you know for them it seems like a lot of like time spent like having fun in the outdoors and stuff like i don't see a problem with that at all like it, it, there's there's a way to watch this episode in which kirk is kind of the villain of the episode right. like uh, and again i i get like, like a, a there very is, like, like this... um uh uh what's the the smurfs villain oh um, I, I never really watched Gargamel, this right oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's just like they're all so happy there and i must put them to work again yeah and you know even at the end like i found that so dark like the very last thing that happens is that basically they're they're doing their little like what have we learned on the enterprise session and they ask spock and he says all i can say is that for the first time in my life i was happy and yeah i thought that was a really depressing way to end (laughs) right and he's just like he just gave that up like that's the kind of awful yeah he was like in love with someone that you know he had to like break her heart by saying that he could never love her back once he was back to being who he was quote like supposed to be yeah and uh i don't know i just i i i don't agree with that yeah and i think think. you know what they're trying to say it which again like you say is a very like capitalistic argument is that like if you're content and happy then no like progress is being made and you should always be like right because if you know, if we were all just happy and with living on farms and frolicking in the outdoors, then we never would have, you know, had the Industrial Revolution and invented automobiles and computers and all these things that then provided all this like further stuff that's considered progress. And I think there's definitely the counterpoint to that of now that we have all those things, is that really, can we really consider that progress? Or like, are we any happier or better off than we would have been without like, do those things all just in turn create more work and more source of problems and discontentment? That yeah, and there's, and I, there's I w- cases to be made in in both sides. And I think you make a good point that like it it kind of is a thing for the individual, right? Like some people are you know content to just do what they need to live a happy life and like if what's important to you is you know being outdoors or like having a family and spending time with them then you do what you need to to like allow you to have what it is that you value and if what's important to you is like exploring the unknown and like finding something new that no one's ever seen before then yeah you're gonna need to keep pushing the boundaries but 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think too. You know, the 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 different. I I wouldn't even be one of those people who would say like, well, maybe it was better off before computers and stuff. You know, we we both grew up like in kind of some conservative like kind of homeschool environments, and so I'm sure you probably also like grew up around people who like idealized like colonial right. times the and stuff. Pioneer days, yeah, yeah. Which I'm always like, well, no thanks. I'd rather not die of like pooping myself to death. You know, that that doesn't make any sense to me. But like that's that's the exact thing though is that uh is that in reality i do i do think all those things are good i I think like automobiles and i think all those things are like inarguably have made people's lives better but but like that's why they that's why those things happened is because people were trying to make people's lives better you know so uh it wasn't like because because the reason why we made those things is because we weren't satisfied uh we we weren't content we weren't we weren't in like this like leisure or like not leisure state but like we weren't in this like state of contentment like they are on the planet but but like it's different there because they're living a more agrarian lifestyle but like they're also perfectly healthy like a lot of the things we've done is we've done these a lot of these things because uh you know we don't have like because we used to not have like a very long lifespan you know or we used to not have like enough food or things like that and so uh it's not like it's not like a comparable thing of like well if we had just lived like that you know back in ancient times then we would never have like nothing would have ever gotten any better but yeah yeah it's like yes that's exactly the point here it's not they're not trying to get anything any better. It, not to mention the fact that like there were pl- there's always been plenty of people who who lived full lives and that all they did was farm. Like there's nothing wrong with farming, you know. Like, right. And that I don't know. I just I I don't. I think that there, there's something about that that is just kind of I don't think this was even like intentional on the part of like the writing staff. It just there's just something about like the attitude that I find to be very um, insidious. I don't know. That's fair. Yeah, and I think part of it may be that like they they made it a very extreme metaphor to try to make their point, and in doing so, like yeah, they made the the like utopian world created by the spores like too good, where it actually yeah like there actually isn't any any benefit to to not just like enjoying the the benefits of them (laughs) yeah right right yeah so i don't know not not necessarily i would say successful in the point it's trying to make but certainly i I felt like relatively entertaining to watch uh the 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 beep story of like spock and this girl i thought was pretty boring but i don't know it was fun to watch the enterprise people fight i I enjoyed seeing the i just really love the aesthetic of the show there's there's a scene there's a scene where after after Kirk gets sprayed, where he is, he's like kind of getting his stuff to bring down. Yeah, and he he gets out this metal that he got for something we don't really know what for, but he got he get he got a metal and he's been keeping it in this safe in his room. And he opens the safe by pushing these three buttons, and they make this this such this pleasing boop 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 sound when he pushes them and i'm just like i just love the just the sound design and like the 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 colors and all the stuff like it just it's such like a a fun show to watch that yeah it really like like, classic sci-fi yeah i I feel like if this was if this is a voyager episode i think i'd probably be a little harder on it in terms you know how we are sometimes with voyager where the moral of the of the show is actually not really 
one that makes sense if you think about it. And I think this definitely falls into that. But I just, I don't know, I just find watching this show just to be so pleasant when it, when it's not just being virulently uh, misogynistic. <laughs> like, it, sure. I, I I generally find this show to be just yeah. so fun to watch. You know, there's there. It, I, I was just looking at my notes too. I think the sexism thing I was thinking about is at, at one point before Spock gets spored uh his his uh, uh layla is talking to him and is saying something and he he just kind of like he says something like the uh what is it about the female perspective that makes it so that you can only focus on like x y or z, whatever he says and i'm just oh, like oh yeah don't you know just <laughs> it, it drives me nuts when spock does that stuff because it's like you're you're supposed to be logical spock that's not yeah you're supposed to that's be not limit. cool <laughs> yep. that's not logical to to like say that all women are like all you know to basically be the yeah. All women are like this and all, you know, but, uh, yeah. you know, there's stuff like that, but again, it was, it was, it was fun to watch just, uh, yeah. I don't know that I, I ultimately found that it succeeded at all in what I was trying to say. Yeah. Uh, we had a little bit of time. You, did you have anything else written down that you... I mean, I yeah, I think the I I always really like I'm kind of a sucker for any of the episodes where Spock gets emotions, which happens mm. like not infrequently in the original series. But I feel like those are always just anytime Leonard Nimoy gets to like show that element of his acting, like he has such a like childish, disarming smile. I feel like and just he like that character whenever he brings it out is just I just love so much. Um, yeah. Uh, like he just seems he goes from being this you know he i feel like he, he just has such a great range of going from being this like calculating professional uh vulcan to being like almost like this like childlike innocent person when he has these emotions that just i don't know i, I just love seeing whenever he basically whenever he smiles i mm-hmm. i'm like oh yeah people definitely get to have some some fun in this one you know it's, it's not quite yeah. like the naked time right. level or <laughs> where like sulu that, gets but... to burst onto the uh, under the bridge with his shirt off, yeah, wa- waving but, a sword around. Yeah, because there's like one scene with Uhura too, where she's kind of like, "Oh, I broke the." <laughs> she's basically like, "Yeah, I broke the ship, and so that yeah. we couldn't contact anybody." Yeah, and she's just <laughs> and like, she's kinda, "Okay, like, so bye happy now." About it. <laughs> yeah, walks away. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Sulu too is great. I feel in this episode, like no one specific thing he does, but yeah, like George Takei is one of those people that just like is so like naturally charming that anytime you see him you're just like oh man i don't know yeah he just kind of oozes charm i feel like I yeah really... uh, i think i yeah, i feel like if he was if he was like young now he could be like a leading man i feel i feel like you know back then his options were more limited in terms of like what he was able to do but yeah that's true yeah he's very suave uh, i feel like on the show yeah the other thing i i did make note of is and I think it's it's kind of early on, like when we're first getting the sense that something's wrong, but don't know what it is. But uh, there's a scene where a, a Sandoval and and Layla are like talking to each other alone. They're like in a the kitchen or something, and they just have this like super creepy, like very unfitting with this like none of us are ourselves and something's going on. But it's just kind of this creepy discussion between them where he's like, you know, she like explains like, yes, I used to know Spock and and Sandoval's like, do you want him to stay here? And she says, you know, well, he has no choice. All of them will stay now. And it's just this very like eerie, creepy conversation. And they're like, yeah. not, I don't think they're like not even like looking at each other or making eye contact. They're just kind of like staring off, staying, saying ominous sounding things um yeah i think i I wish that they kind of kept that vibe a little bit more like like it would have been maybe more convincing of their argument if if like the spores really did like kind of rob them of some of their autonomy but for the most 
part, it, it does just seem like they're all just kind of themselves but happier, you know? Or, like, themselves but even, like, less, yeah. like, buttoned up. Like, you know, it, it certainly seems like Spock and Bones in particular are, like, more comfortable in their skin with it. Uh, w- with the spores than than without. Um, yeah. So yeah, if they kind of like the light had gone out of their eyes a little bit more, that would have been. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that's an odd choice for like Spock to actually become more emotional, like to go from being someone who's like kind of cold and calculating to like having this like joy and love and all these like positive things. Yeah. Um, like he hardly becomes like a, a zombie or anything. Yeah. I don't really have a lot else to say about this one. I don't know if you. Have anything else, or if we've no nothing's like I said, I I didn't really write much of anything for some reason about this one. Um, I just kind of watched it and was like, ah, because I, I agree, <laughs> I feel the same way about like any time the like original Star Trek is just it's just so like pleasant to watch in a way that it's hard to describe. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it just really is. It's just a pleasant, especially like if we're doing it for the show. You know, I enjoy watching most of the episodes we watch, even if they're not, like, great. But it's just, it always is, like, this kind of nice little vacation. Like, you kind of get to go on this little hike into original series land whenever yeah, we, whenever we get one. We usually get one, like, you know, like, every ten episodes or so. So it, it, it's it's a nice just little, like, aesthetic break from, you know, the, the mounds upon mounds of Voyager episodes we do. Even though I like <laughs> Voyager, it, you know. Yeah. And speaking of which, uh, yeah, so our next episode is called Death Wish, and uh, it is Voyager Season 2, Episode 18, so that'll be out in a couple of weeks. Uh, in the meantime, uh, in between lessons, um, you can check out uh, the, the other shows on our network. We're on the Kaleidoscope Media Network. You can check out the horror podcast, Here's Johnny, or the science pop culture podcast, That's Not How Science Works, or the Harry Potter podcast, Wizard Studies. Uh, you can also go to uh, follow us on Twitter at Contracts, or you can go to our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com, out of or you can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. So, uh, yeah, until next time, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Although listeners of this podcast may find themselves brave for having withstood classic episodes like the body switching, the enemy within, or the gothic witchy horror of Cat's Paw, we at the Here's Johnny podcast like to dive even deeper into the genre of horror. That's right, Justin, and even though you really dated yourself naming off two super old episodes of Star Trek, here on the Here's Johnny podcast, we review video games and films from all over the horror genre, looking at different subgenres like vampires, aliens, and zombies, and we compare the similarities and differences between the media. We also have discussion-based episodes, which range from interviews with people in the industry, deep dives into directors, and their filmography or analysis into video game timelines. Yeah, that fictional history of Resident Evil was quite the doozy, but be sure to check us out. You can find us on any podcast site. We have new episodes every Monday, and our website is here's Johnny Podcast.wixsite.com backslash horror. And on there, you can find links to our episode feed, all our social media. It is all there. And remember, in space, no one can hear you scream. And stay scary.